You are listening to the Photobomb Podcast with the world's greatest photographers, Boo Ray and Gary. Welcome to the Photobomb Podcast. My name is Boo Ray Perry and joining me as always is Gary Hughes. We are back, baby. We are back, baby. There was a little (laughs) bit of chunt... A little a bit little of chunt bit. from Magic Tavern. If, way if you, you don't said. listen to the uh, uh, Hello from the Magic Tavern podcast, that's one of our mutual favorite yes. podcasts. There was a little bit of baby. Yeah, hey, baby. Baby. I got Ellie doing bit. that now when I uh, <laughs> when she's all done eating her, her lunch or her breakfast or whatever. She goes, all done, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. She's, I, haven't, I haven't seen her in, in weeks, so yeah. she's talking quite a bit now. Talking, and... putting sentences together. Oh, wow. She does these amazing things, that these leaps of logic that surprise you. I mean, I don't have any other kids to compare it to but we teach her uh, months ago and she's 17 months old now to say when somebody asks ellie how old are you or how old is ellie and she holds up one finger she goes one and then somebody asked her one of my relatives when we were i just got back from vacation and one of my relatives was like ellie how old are you and she goes 16 months <laughs> where did that come <laughs> from i have no idea i'm assuming that she just heard hears <laughs> on us. the gregarian calendar yes <laughs> <laughs> You're going to the If you use the Hebrew calendar, <laughs> it's, it's quite a different number. No. Um, but yeah, you know, we assume that she picked that up from us telling people right. when they ask how old is right. she, how old is she. And so, you know, little things like that are pretty funny. You know? So we have to talk about... Um, we have to talk about a lot of things. We're shortly, just shortly past our one-year anniversary of the show. Our, yeah, mm, yeah, we've been on the air over Oh, over yeah, I know we've been over, over I'm just a year. trying to think. Our and book. in that year, mm-hmm. never once did we miss a week. Never once. Never once did we miss an episode. No, and we then, always managed to get an episode And then we managed week. to miss two episodes episodes in like the last month and a half one because of what happened in orlando so right. we took that week off him but then we also last week we, we didn't have an episode right so first time we've ever missed an episode well, i was on vacation and you were moving i was moving and it just didn't work out to get yeah together, and you so. have you've been all over the country but i think we need to start off we want to catch up a little bit with with the world of gary okay let's catch because up. i know you've been you've been traveling gallivanting and a, yeah there's been a lot of things happening mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so what's been going on well um a few weeks ago i i spoke at the texas professional photographers conference Oh, how did that? You texted me and you said, "Dude, you, should, dude, you should have come here. You should have, dude. That you should have gotten on that gig with me because it was awesome. They have really cool people. It's a really good family vibe, but it's at this amazing resort that has a water park in it. Yeah, and uh, just really cool. I just had a great time, and they have like barbecues and everybody's hanging out. And so I did that, and then I went up to New Jersey to the shore where Julie's family is, and we vacationed with them for a little while. And then uh, we went up to New York, and we drove out to like Montauk, which is out past the Hamptons on the edge of Long Island, and we hung out on the beach for a few days with my family, and then uh, came home. So I've been out of town for almost three weeks. And then we've been moving for like two and a half weeks. Right, because you've had the floors and the pipes and the whole nine yards. Yeah. So yeah, but basically we haven't even, we, I mean, we've texted a little bit, but we haven't gotten right. together on right. anything. But we got a lot of stuff coming up for both of us, but... You know, so it's just been crazy. I feel just wore out. And now the when you go out of town, what happens is like all of our inquiries and all of our business basically it's stuffed into like four days that we're in town. So I got back and then I had one day in the office to start catching up on stuff. And then I've had like seven shoots every day. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, just, you know, small headshot sessions, people coming in one after the other. A random family session, like a 150 person headshot gig, which I had Derek and Kevin Landers, who, who are buddies of mine who shoot for me sometimes, go out and shoot that. And I got a 150 person headshot job tomorrow morning. And so everything that I would normally do over a month has been condensed into like eight days. Wow. That I'm in town before I go back to New Orleans to speak at their conference leaving on Saturday, this coming Saturday, which is another six days away. And then um, 
First week in August. After that, I'm back for four days, and then I fly to Seattle to do my creative live class, and then we're going on, finally, I'm really excited about this, we're going on vacation after that. I'm just taking a week off, and we're just going to drive up to Canada and try to see Canada. Some, yeah, we're going up to Canada. We're already being in Seattle. We're just, we've already been. Oh, okay. I was going to say from here, that's a bit of a drive. Yeah, yeah, no, we're flying to Seattle and then we're driving okay. from Seattle up to Canada. Right. We're going to go check some stuff out. You haven't really been to that part of Canada. Yeah, before, why not? So we're going to go check it out. You know, see what's up I mean, there. you're there. It's an easy hop. Yeah, maybe Seattle. we'll see a moose or two. Um, or Mises. Or several Mises. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's been, I dude, honestly, I'm just sitting here and I've just wore out. But, you know, um, it's good. Like, it's normally for a lot of photographers, if you're not from the South, we're dead normally. July, August right. is nothing because nobody wants to go for family portraits or weddings and everybody's out of town. And for some reason, we're just slammed right now, which is good, you know. So I'm happy to be busy, but I'm exhausted. So talking about headshots, we were talking uh, before we started the, the program today. And you said something that I have heard you say before. And I said, you know, I need to remember that. And then I didn't remember it. And you said it again today. And I actually wrote it down so I won't forget it. Okay. And that is describe the basic generic way you pose men and women when taking a headshot. Uh, okay, so I've got this, this thing. This is such a great little thing. You know, if you're a photographer and then you're always, when you're, you you see uh, il- uh, illustrated photographs, movie posters, whatever, you're always looking at the lighting, you're looking at the posing, you're always judging it. My big thing is since I do so many executive and professional headshots and portraits, I'm always looking at billboards and stuff. Right. <laughs> and I'm always judging people's bus ads and stuff. And so um, the thing that is my biggest pet peeve is like when pe- when photographers, they pose a man like a professional man like a injury attorney or a or a mayoral candidate and they sit them down and then they lean the shoulder towards the camera right. and it looks like a glamour shot and it drives me because i just it. did it last week it. i know i did it two or three times see, i was having lean towards me yes i know like, i did it's it. like he's like you know the only time you see that is is if you, there's like a like in a barbershop quartet promo photo from right. the 70s you know it's like all the guys hello, leaning in with the hello hello <laughs> leaning in with their hand out you know <laughs> and so uh drives me absolutely up a tree and then uh uh, so I had I was teaching this at um, in uh, Maryland at the Maryland PPA last year, and one of the guys and he's like an old timer, you know, comes up to me and he goes, you know, I, he said I agree with what you're saying. Here's a really easy way to remember it, and it stuck with me. He goes, you pose a man or a professional person, you pose them like a boxer, wait on their back foot, bring their even you know head tilted. And then uh, just drop the hands. So pose them in a boxer stance and drop the hands. And then you've got like that's, right. that's like the easiest way in the world to pose it. Right. And then some people, you know, with the ladies, if you want, you can do the lean in with the shoulder. It tends to look a little more glamour, shotty, a little more approachable. But it's like the lean in for a kiss. How do you get them? How do you pose them like a boxer when they're sitting down? It's really easy. It's the same thing. You just, you know, put your weight on your back foot and then right. that's it. The big thing is, is when somebody's sitting down, you're trying to get them to lean into the camera so that right. their head's the closest thing to the camera, right? Right. That that's how a good headshot looks. Right. Head closest thing to the camera rather than like the belly or the midsection or whatever. And so people will tend to lean into the camera and they always put their weight on their front foot as they lean towards you. And so if you say, do me a favor, shift your weight to your other foot and then lean into me at the waist while keeping your weight on your back foot. And okay. that does it every time. Okay. I, that is the thing that I learned how to direct people that changed Right, headshot I can posing. see it. Well, yeah, I can. When you're describing it to me, watching your body language as you do it, I can see the instant change in, in the right. and how it looks better. You go like this. You're leaning in, and then it's just give me your weight on your back foot, and then lean and then in you, at and the boom. Waist. There's the head. There's yeah, the there's it. the uh, Gary Hughes headshot. Works every time. I see it. Works yeah. every time. Yeah. I just did um, a couple. Of, I did. Uh, I had yeah, a you just had a big headshot job. Well, it was funny. I it was a referral. Uh, they have offices all over, and somebody had referred me to them, and they said we need um, three headshots. <clears throat> I said okay, and we need. Um, Three people, two headshots each, one on white 
and one environmental go to our website. So I went to the website and on their listing of all the people, their headshots are horizontal and very wide, like a two-to-one ratio. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I saw that. And there's a lot of leading lines, like down hallways yeah. and cubicles. Yeah, but, and but mostly like just that. very wide. They're, yeah. on very, they're on the right side, and then it's a whole like lot of... Like the person is yeah. in 20% of the image. Yeah, like basically. it's like it's in yeah. Panavision. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah like so, a Quentin Tarantino movie. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so I'm like, okay. So I'm like, okay, that's, that's really six headshots. And that's how I priced it. And if, for those of you who are curious, I priced it as six people, not, not three. Because I'm, if I'm coming in and setting up a backdrop and doing a headshot, and then I also have to take you on location somewhere there and do another headshot, that's like two people. So you, you charge would individually, like almost per yes. look, as it's a different person, yes. rather than charging time? Yes. You wouldn't charge time for that? Well, but, well, it was only three people. Okay. And, and my, I do bulk pricing. So it's like the first person is this much. The first two people cost this much. Uh, and the next three cost this much. The next five cost this much. And anything after 10 costs this much. Hmm. And that's how I do my pricing. Hmm. So, it just, so, so, you, so your per person headshot gets cheaper as you go. Like, I, like if you want me to come in, it's going to cost you $300 for me to come into a headshot. You know, you've heard me say how much I like dealing with professional people over right. family portraits and weddings and stuff. It, it's just because it's so it's such a business transaction and that it's so refreshing to just have someone's like, I'm going to pay you this. Yes. You're going to do the job, and then you're going to give me the stuff, and then it's over. Right. And they know? pay you, and the check's in the mail, and it is in the mail. Yeah, it's done. And it shows up. Yeah. And yeah. But, so I had this amazing uh, experience. This is the first time I've had a, a problem with a, with a professional client that comes into the studio. Right. So I've got, this is uh, three days ago, and I've got um, six sessions. Like, that's my day. And, I, and they're all varying lengths and, and mostly, but mostly professionals. I think I had one actor in there, one of my actor clients who was coming back for an update, and um, so the first session of the day, and I got a little chalkboard out in the lobby, and I write their name on it, and I try to like, hey, how you doing? So as soon as I'm sitting in the office, as soon as I hear the door chime, I go, and then I go, hey, how you doing? You're Joe, and I'm Gary. Good to see you. And because I don't meet these people in person before I got there. So I go right. out there, and then this guy has walked in the door, and I hold out my hand and go, hey, are you Jim? Not his real name, but I go, hey, are you Jim? He goes, no, no, I'm just the driver. Jim's coming. And this guy comes in, big guy, and he's talking on his phone, and he's got his laptop under his arm, and he walks to the door. Doesn't look at me, gives me the Heisman, like the one minute stiff arm Heisman, <laughs> one walks minute. past me into my camera room, right. sits down on the posing stool with the posing table in front, sets up his laptop and proceeds to continue on his sales call. <laughs> and then the guy that walked him in and he goes, oh, you know, I just, uh, he goes, he'll just be a couple minutes. Um, he's just finishing up a sales call. And so I hear the guy go, well, uh, let me tell you a little bit about our products and services. I'm like, that's not the end of a sales call. Right. Like, that's the beginning right. of a that's sales call, you know. And so after 10 minutes, like nothing, he's sitting there in my camera room and his session was a 15 minute executive. It's like a come in and pop, pop, right. pop, you know, right. and he's sitting there working. And I said to the other guy, I said, look, I said, I got sessions backed up all day and I don't want to be this guy, but if he doesn't finish up in the next couple of minutes, you guys are going to lose your spot and your money. And so he had to go tell him to get off of his computer. And it was fine. The guy turned out to be really cool. He was nice. He actually, we, you know, we talked, he gave me some cool cause he works in the convention business. And so we had that in common. We were able to talk about a couple of things and, but all, I've never had anybody like, straight up stiff arm Heisman me walk right. past, and then just set up shop dismiss you and then my next client comes in after I'm finished with him and it's a longer session I'm shooting this guy and for the first half of the session he's out in my lobby sitting on the floor using my bench as a desk still doing that same call <laughs> Salespeople, man yeah I know I, so I brought him I wrote down on one of my business cards the Wi-Fi login and password right. and I took it out to him and I just laid it on the little bench next to him and right. walked back into the camera room like, well that's the way it is now you're expected to do business 24 hours a day 7 days a week no matter where you are no matter what you're doing you're to be connected in doing right. so anyway I go to do these headshots oh 
I'm sorry we lay in the middle of it. <laughs> we can come back to that. So, hey, I anyway, just let you go. Don't I, you remember you said something about a headshot job? Yeah, no, I, I love that you were holding out yeah, in the I'm chamber. Glad, I'm, glad that you, I'm glad that you mentioned that because I did want to finish that story. I, I love that you were, at, you, you as a true broadcast professional, you said, oh, he just railroaded my story. Right. You put it in the little little spot in the back of your mind to hold on to it, and then you let me go. And yeah. when there was a pause, well, because, like, well, no, because I knew once you were gone down, now we're going to do it now. If I come back to my story, you got to go back to your story. So it's better to let you just go ahead and run no, yourself I, out. No, I, I would prefer a ping pong segmented, incomplete parts of our story. Yes, but, yes, but I don't think the listeners. No, we would make it I, very I hard. The to listeners follow. would enjoy that. <laughs> so anyway, so I show up to do the three. And I'm doing the three, and um, and let me tell you, you have those wonderful things where I set up in the lobby right in front of the receptionist desk, and I get like the most wonderful, nicest woman who's a receptionist in the world, just a sweetheart, just nice to me all day. It's just great. Yeah. So I set up for three, and she says, you know, they wanted to add a fourth, and I'm like, okay, no problem, I'll bill you. Let's add a fourth. So then she says, okay, um, I just heard from uh, Nashville where the company is located. She was wanting to know if you could come back tomorrow and do some more, and I'm like, uh, yeah, sure. It's uh, it's my birthday. I'll come back. Sure. How many? <laughs> Seven. So it was a three headshot job that became four and then seven the next day, which then became eight. Happens to me all the yeah. time. Yeah. So I'm coming back to the next day to do eight more. So I come back the next day. I do eight more. I build the whole thing out. Um, but here's the thing. In, I was actually texting with you when this happened. Right. A few days later, I got another email. Hey, can you come back on this day? We need four more. And I'm like, I'm going to be at IPC Live. I can't do it. And she's like, okay. Because I asked you, I said, can you do it? And you can't do I it. I would have, but I'm booked, yeah. So I said, I can't do it. Then I got doing something else, and then I thought, wait a minute, I know a couple of other guys that could do this gig. Yeah. I need to just say, yes, I can do it. And first of all, this woman I'm dealing with is in Nashville. She doesn't even know me. If I send somebody else there, it's, I don't even have to explain. No. I can just send someone else it's to do the, the job. It's the corporate world. They yeah. don't expect necessarily to be dealing with the owner when right. they hire a contractor. Right. So right. I can just send somebody. So I come back to her, and I go, oh, hey, you know what? I can get somebody to do that for you. And she goes, I already got somebody, thanks. Oh yeah, and that's you know we talked about this before. You got to answer your yes. phone, and you got to say yes, and you got to get right back to. It. Do so you now, do this. So now, yes. August first, somebody else is going to be in that office doing four more headshots. Right after I was just there doing thirteen or fourteen, and I've got it in my head, of course, that someone's going to call and go, "Yeah, that, we like that guy more." So let's have that guy from they now on. They do not care. Yeah, they do not care. Like for, it, it, it. But is. you know, will he get the first call next time instead of me getting the first? You call? You have no idea. Exactly. Exactly. That's Which why I should have just said when she wrote me that first. Can you do it August first? I should have just said yes, and then I should have been, and then I gotten on the phone to you and Kevin Newsom and Bob Norm, Mormon and everybody else I know and said I need you to go do this headshot. This job. is one of the things that's important about working with professionals as opposed to working in the um, portrait and wedding world that we're all that we all dabble in. Also, is that it's a completely different. Demographic. You're dealing with the client in a completely different way. Right. You are not an important item to them. You're a thing on a checklist. Right. You're somebody either gives it to middle management or they give it to the office manager or they give it to the executive assistant or the secretary or whoever. And they say, go ahead and I want you to book this. I want you to get this. And they're like, okay, I have to uh, get new coffee filters for the office. I have to uh, call in the IT guy to repair uh, Bob's computer. I have to get a photographer for the Orlando office or whatever. And you're literally just a thing on a right. checklist so if you are anything but completely ready to go at any given time somebody else is going to get the job so here's the thing about that though <laughs> is and you must go through this you know this was not a, just an this was not an easy headshot job you got to come in you got to set up a white backdrop mm-hmm. you got to shoot on white and you got to give them a look that looks like the stuff that they've got on their website shot by other photographers but now it. if i'm going to have someone else come in and do my job they have to do, do, do something that looks like what i did right so that was why I immediately reached out to you. And when you said no, I hesitated. Because even though I know good photographers, 
I'm, you know, you all, you're always worried you're going to screw it up. Right. You're always worried about your reputation. You're always right. worried that you don't have to go back and go, um, I need to come back and reshoot those four people. Cause she, that, that can't be done. She said it was this day or no day. Right. So, you know, it's that hesitation that will sometimes cost you the job. Absolutely. Well, but that's sometimes that hesitation, but you know, which leads me into the next thing that mm-hmm. I want to talk about, which is, do you think sometimes as photographers full time that we do that we go too far in trying to be too good? And let me, um, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me explain what I mean. No, okay. You, me, and other people were on Facebook, we're in the groups, we're talking about headshots. You really spend a lot of time thinking about how to get a perfect headshot. That's all I do. Do you think your clients give nearly as much of a shit as you do? Hell no. Right. Hell and, no. And, and, and I wonder sometimes, do we, do we almost, is there a negative side to try to, to holding ourselves up to such a perfect standard? Um, I think that, depends on the type of business that you run for me in the photography world those who work in the portrait wedding world and the professional world there are two main business models your first business model is going to be the commodity business model which is me i'm a commodity business model it's like you need this i do this and i think it depends on your price point it depends on your how you have you structured your business but if let's say that you're a uh, beach wedding photographer yeah do you know anybody who does i do that? i do okay. know one yes. so let's say that you're but you do um short high volume destination weddings that is a commodity business model because they're, they don't care who you are. They don't care right. as long as you're going to be there. You're going to do the pictures. You're fulfilling a need, something that has to be done. It's more of a utility. And, uh, you know, if, you're a, if you do sports or uh, photography like uh, Little Leagues, if you do school photography, undergrad or whatever, that's all commodity business model. You're selling it because you're fulfilling a purpose and it doesn't matter if it's you that does it. Or that it's somebody else that does it. And there is a lot of money to be made in commodities. Just ask Walmart. Like, there's a lot of money to be made in commodities. You're still, you're doing something creative, but you are also a commodity. But, like, the other business model is the artist business model. And I see most photographers will fall into these two categories. The artist is the one that's, like, your name's on it. It has to be you. You sign your prints. Things tend to be more expensive. The process tends to be a little longer, a little more hand-holding. And so I would think that... In the artist business world, absolutely every little detail counts. But even in our world, which is the commodity world, we, you know, is there a, you push yourself to a certain point, but is there a point where you stop pushing yourself because you realize now you are adding aggravation to yourself for no noticeable reward? Let me give you an example. And I'm sure I'm the commodity market with what I do, but... I also know at the same time the reason I get the business I get is because, humble brag, I'm better than 99% of the guys who do what I do. Well, you do both. You live in both worlds right. because so your larger so, weddings are more the artist business model. Yeah, but even my beach stuff too. You will not find anybody. I'm sorry. There's no one who can take you out on the beach for 30 minutes and do what I do. But the client would never have known the difference if somebody else had shown up and done an adequate job as you show up and do a great if job. It was somebody, uh, if it was somebody I sent out there, no, because I would send out there who could do pretty let's close just say to me. They hired but I'm talking about compared to my competition. Well, let's say they hired a different person instead of you okay most people would have been just as happy with that as long as they're adequate it provided provided they did not hire me specifically because they they because they because, don't believe me many of them do but they don't you know, know what do, they're missing is what i'm saying uh, okay so yeah. if they don't know what like if i see i see what you're saying but you have to you have to you have to remember our whole business model for our business for our company was built around the fact that my photography was better than the than the other people who do what bobby does right so they do they see my stuff off camera lighting i can't just send somebody out there with an on-camera flash popping away. that is funny because that's a lot of my business 
business doing the conventions, headshots at conventions and stuff, is because the bar that ha- it's it's very pervasive now. But the bar, the expectation of quality is so low, right? That when I come out and do what I do, even though it may not be quite as polished as what I do in a longer session in the studio, it's hard to find somebody that does it. At that, does it in that forum as well as I do it. That's my so, point. Yes, the That's quality, exactly. But until yeah. they've hired you and understand that difference, like once a client has hired me, every client who's hired me to do that has hired me multiple times. Right. Like they keep every time it happens again, I get hired again because. And every once in a while, they'll go, they'll use somebody else, and then they'll come back to me again. But at the same time. When I'm out there doing it, I push myself to make sure I meet a certain level right. that to me says this is a level that had they hired someone else, they would not be getting. Well, just because but at the same time, I am not carrying the extra lights and the packs out there <laughs> to get a merit print right? because that's just extra heartache for me that isn't really going to pay off with the client. And, and that's what I'm, and, and yet there are people who will, there are people who are so, they want so much to get the perfect picture that they will really make it hard on themselves when the client really doesn't appreciate what they're doing. Just because there's a, a, a higher quality, it doesn't mean that you're still not a commodity and it doesn't, and a commodity doesn't mean that you can't have good quality. So like, for example, I give you the guts take fast food. So let's go to Burger King. Okay. Right. The experience of going into a Burger King and ordering something and getting your food and eating it and then leaving and then immediately hitting the toilet afterwards. <laughs> It's like, there's one thing. Or versus like a Chick-fil-A. You know, they're both very similar. Even not, Chick-fil-A is slightly more expensive than Burger King. I'd say probably 8 to 9% more expensive, but not so significant. But the quality of the experience and the quality of the product is absolutely glaring. But they're both fast food chains. They're but both you, the same thing. Do you, find yourself, do you find yourself ever thinking, I'm overthinking this? I mean, I've seen you change your lighting setups. I've, cha- I've seen you really, and I've done it too, where you're, really, where you're just like, oh, you know, and we know people who are just like, mm, I just, just, just want to get it just a little bit better. I think it depends and there's on what a point it is. where you go, it's a headshot. It depends on what uh, you it know. Is. It's a headshot, like like you know. When I was doing the headshots the other day, I was like, you know, this would be a little bit more perfect if I had brought a hair light. But it's a it's an on location headshot. How much stuff am I going to haul in for this? I think, and depends. they're not going to know. They're not going to care. Only me and you are going to look at that picture and go, you know, a hair light would have been, you know, st- you know, uh, strategically. I mean, uh, t- technically speaking, you should have a hair light. Uh, so that would make it more better. But only you and I care about that. I feel like there's a lot to unpack in that issue. And one of the main things to me is like it really depends. Because if I'm if I got a line with 50 people in it and i'm doing bang bang shot after shot after shot there are things that i will not do but at the same time i am gonna like move that light just a little bit because it's gonna help the catch light's gonna be in a better place in the eye that's furthest away from the main light and i will do those things if it takes a second to make it a little bit better because that's part of why my clients continue to use me right but at the same time i'm not gonna bring out 10,000 watts of light and i'm not gonna have like a whole gang of people you know i'm not gonna go crazy on it i have to make a profit don't you I think there's a point, though, where most professional photographers, and I've seen this, they get to a point where they're doing something and they do it well, and they stop trying so hard to innovate. They stop self-judging yeah. and critiquing. And that's a good thing, because then you finally get to relax a little bit. I've got this down, right? Right. But at the same time... That lets doesn't somebody that, else space doesn't, to yes. slide in there and take Doesn't your, that open yeah. you up to suddenly you turn around one day and you're the old guy who's not shooting the new style? And, yeah. and suddenly it's how come I'm That's not getting exactly for weddings anymore. You open it up and you, somebody's going to come in and they're going to shoplift your business. Right. You know, somebody's going to take your business away. And that happens all the time. You have to be the minute that you get to that point where you say, I've got it figured out. I'm there. And you stop tweaking. You stop worrying about it is the point where you have just opened the door to lose your shirt. You know, and to become irrelevant. And right. so you have to balance the tweaking and the fussing with a profitability if you're more of a commodity business model. But, you know, um, 
you also shouldn't ever stop doing it. You know, you should keep doing it because as long as you're doing it, as long as you're thinking about it, as long as you're trying to improve, I'm constantly looking for new ways to make my job easier, like getting lighter and smaller equipment. I just improvised a boom arm that'll fit in my, in my go bag with all my equipment because now on, when I do headshots on location, I'll do 150 tomorrow and it'll be all speed lights. You right. know? And so now I've gotten everything to where I don't have to take anything out of my studio when I have a location job. I just grab the go bag and I walk out the door. Oh, that's the best. So what, I, what I've been wanting to do is have a boom arm so I can do more like glamour or beauty lighting stuff on location if I want to with my go kit. Even for professionals, I like that as a really cool way to do it. But most people, they'll either drag a ton of equipment out and do it or they won't bring it because it's hard to do that. The boom arm for what? To put your main light on so that you can shoot straight the light straight at somebody. Oh, so you can put them in a clamshell. Like the lights. Yeah, like a clamshell configuration. And now I took a, um, a crossbar from my old pop-up background system that used to go on top of a light stand and you Velcro the bar to it. And I shaved off three inches off the end and I uh, added some weight and I, and I attached a uh, Manfrotto speed light mount with an umbrella thing on the top of it. And now that goes on top of one of my portable light stands and I have a boom. Because it slides right. through the middle. Anyway, so I did, I'm always looking for ways to be able to do more on location, but I'm also looking ways for to make it easier on myself to do it. So I hate taking more than anything. Anytime I have to take that go bag and something else, it really irritates the crap out of me. So it's just like everything is going to be making my whole photographic world inside the contents of that bag. But at the same time, what can I do? What can I fit in that bag that's going to make my work stand out, that's going to make me look better? I just find myself caught in that spot of shooting environmental portraits, for example, on that job, and I got my light on a stand. I'm using a shoot-through umbrella. I go, I set, I set them, I get the umbrella on them, I light them like I would quickly at a wedding. I get it set up. I'm like, that's a good shot. And I say to myself, but you know, if I could get a little bit more fill light, it would be, a, you know, two lights always better than one light. And I think, but you know, nobody's going to care about that but me. If I go get another flash and another stand and set it up for this thing, and I've got to repeat this now eight times today, and, you know, in the ele- in, in the hallway outside the elevator and all the other places I've got to move, right, it's going to go much better and much smoother for everybody if I use one light. Slippery slope, yeah, slippery. You slope. know, but you know, it's going to go much smooth. This whole operation is going to go much better if I use a one light setup. You know, you should just skip all the sliding down into mediocrity and just. Just kill yourself. Yeah. Jump off a bridge. <laughs> just call it a day. Just quit. Just go get a job in a cubicle. No, no. It's no, a, no, no, it's a good shot. It. It's what I've always done. But, but my problem is when I watch other... I, I, but my problem is, you know how it is. You get you go, one light's great, but two lights would be better, but, but three you, lights would be even more better. Here's the payoff. If you took the time and you did it, when you got back and you put your card in the card reader and you upload them on a computer, you'd sit back and you go, damn, Bure. You're awesome. Like you would feel so much better about what you did. And to me, when I work in a commodity business, mostly when what I do on a day to day basis can be really mundane. If I give it that little extra, <laughs> yeah, when I do it. Then when I'm looking back at it and I go, you know what? I understand why I'm doing well. That's true. But there's also do something to be said for the increased time and inconvenience to your client because you are trying to get something that sure. is better and recognizable only to you as being I better. don't think so. Your client doesn't give a crap. I bet you're going to use that second. But the next one might. And the one that hires you because of that work you did might. Oh, so dude, you never pictures, know. Those one like shots I did are fantastic. They're okay. <laughs> They're fantastic. They're okay. I saw They're them. Fantastic. They're fantastic. Okay. They're all right. Oh, screw you. Say, so, hey, what else? You <laughs> have, uh, we have a little bit more to go over before. Oh, we're out of here they're today. okay. You had a big tragedy. Oh, you had hurts. a big loss. That hurts. that hurts, Gary. You had a loss this week, didn't that you? That hurts. Yes, my 7200 millimeter. You're looking at my note here where it says 7200 yeah. millimeter. Yes. My 7200 millimeter lens uh, yeah. went out of me when I was shooting. Yeah, I was shooting on the beach. Uh, that would have been day before yesterday. And I had finished the wedding. 
And now I was just doing romantic stuff. And I had done the walk away, which was good. And I was just doing some other stuff. And I slapped it on and it got the big zero zero in there no. where the camera's oh, not like communicating. Like it's not making the contact. Yeah. Did you try cleaning the contact? I checked it no. out. I haven't, I haven't really got in there and taken a close look. But I, you know, at the beach and rubbed it and did some other things. And I still couldn't get it to work. And the damn beach. Good news is I have a second one. I have a backup that I use. I let my assistant photographer use when she needs it. So I have a backup. So I have no problem sending the first one you in. You mean you as a professional photographer have backup yes, to I your do. professional I equipment? I have a backup, yeah. Man, that's that's unheard of. Hey, well, I'll, listen, when you're going out and shooting headshots with one light that are just okay, Gary, you need to have backup <laughs> equipment. <laughs> you should really add that second light. <laughs> <laughs> so it, where are you going to put the second light when they're leaning against the wall? I oftentimes, if I'm because I use speed lights a lot, I will actually put one on camera. And I will bounce it out behind a, me or I'll, something. I'll use okay. that as my fill. Use that as your fill. I do that on the beach. Or I'll or I'll pop it straight up and use a little the little bounce card to bounce a little right. forward. You know, I'll do that on the beach. Uh, yeah, I do that all the time. You know, if it's like because yeah, the thing is, and, and this is all I've been furious. I'm going to post pictures on Instagram. I've been furiously scribbling notes on putting my Creative Live class together because I'm really like the time that they said, okay, we're going to book you for Creative Live, and the time that it actually goes live. I mean, it's like I have four weeks to put a two day class together. Right. Whereas normally you have months and months, and so I've been. Every time I'm on a plane or in the car, we were driving to see my um, our grandparents because my granddad lives really close to Julie's grandparents, and so you know we um, we'll drive over there on to make a whole day, and we'll just do the grandparent thing. I, Julie was driving, and I was like scribbling notes in my little notebook just on like all the stuff, and and this is my whole uh, thing about the professional portrait gig is um, I totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> Because <laughs> I got off on a tangent about grandparents. You know, trying to get your stuff together for Creative Live. No, before that. What was the thing? I don't said? know. Uh, it was, uh, before or after you were telling me that I was a sucky photographer? After. I don't remember. The lens. I pretty much blanked out after that part. Oh, yeah. It was like being prepared for stuff like having professional right. equipment and having backups for stuff. And, you know, and uh, I'm putting this class on professional portrait together. And the class is going to open up with, like, the top ten things that you should have you should have in the bag, the things that you need to know about doing professional portraits and why it's different than a lot of other areas of photography. And one is, like, I underlined it, like, six times, and it's like have a backup for stuff. Like, right. have another thing, you know. Because the last thing you want to do is be out on a job being like, well... I gotta go back oh, well. to the studio. Stay <laughs> lobby. Can't help you. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, That's why yeah. I carry that giant case. Of, I think it's getting heavier every year. Yeah. That case is so heavy now. It's like you can barely lift it into the truck. Yeah. But well, yeah, well but maybe it's just you're there. getting older and weaker. That's part of it. Also, I carry a lot of batteries. Because <laughs> I, I mean, I carry a lot. I have. Of uh, I just counted the. Because uh, I keep buying more and more rechargeable. Like I just replaced all my old AA right. rechargeables, taking those to recycle, and I got all new Power X whatever. Right. And and I'm up to like uh, I think sixty. Yeah, sixty four. Now I've got sixty four AA double A's, and that's heavy. Yeah, sixty four double A's is heavy. Yeah, and I got the little individual packs that hold eight at a time, so I right. can just go pop, like reload my flashes, right. like I'm a gunslinger, like wah wah wah, you know. But uh, yeah, it's a it is pretty heavy to have. But this it's my commitment to not re- re- destroying the environment with non rechargeable batteries. Okay. So if you notice, as a listener, there's a slight echo, maybe more than normal, because um, this is our first time we've ever recorded in your yeah. new studio. Yeah, space. we're in the new house. We're in the new house. In the, new house, the new house. In the new. I gotta tell you, this is a beautiful house. And Thank it's you. a really cool God knows space. it ought to be after the three weeks we spent <laughs> changing everything in it. We bought a big, beautiful house and then immediately ripped everything out of it and changed yeah, it. We have new carpeting, new floors, new paint. Uh, we did the, the fireplace with brick stuff. And it's just been, yeah. Well, we had talked about that, that you can either move into the house as it is and then slowly fix stuff over the course right. of you while you're trying. And then it's, it's just so much more of a pain to do it later. That you just well, you know, it's funny to, because Bobby said, I want to get all this done. I want to get all this done. And she gets all this stuff done. And then eventually you always just get to the point where you just, oh, I just, 
can we just take a break from it and move in? And that's what happened. So if you go into like our bathroom where the toilet is, the wall is like spackle. <laughs> and downstairs bathroom is the same way. Like the bathrooms have not been painted. The rest of the house beautiful. Bathrooms not painted. Well, we can add a new segment since obviously Bure's house hunt is over. Oh, I have a story for next week's podcast that is going to be great. Okay, I we you know we have we haven't seen each other in weeks. Yeah, and so that we've been uh, we've got a lot to catch up on. So the next few episodes are probably going to be uh, a lot more uh, a lot more interesting content than usual because normally we see each other a lot. Yeah, and been on vacation and other stuff. But so to wrap up. Coming up. Coming up. Uh, the first, next thing on our calendar is IPC Live. You have, uh, no, I have uh, at the uh, PPA Louisiana. Which is when? Uh, next week. <laughs> like next week? Yeah. Oh, okay. Then that is next up on that's, the calendar. Uh, uh, I could probably look that up, but it's. Uh, I'll post a link to it on the Facebook page, and that's going to be in New Orleans, which is cool. And the convention hotel or wherever where we're having the conference is in like in New Orleans, in the quarter. Right. It's really cool. So I'm going to be teaching a class on headshot photography and judging at the competition, which is going to be really cool. And then after that, you have... Stream the IPC org. Stream the IPC.org is where you want to go if you want to watch the IPC International Photographic Competition. It is August 1st through the 4th. Uh, the competition will be streamed all day long on all four days, and then I will doing, uh, be doing my show twice a day. And I uh, don't know the time, like 10.30 and 1.30 or something along it's those like, lines? It's uh, like 10.30 and 2.30. 10.30 and 2.30? Like okay. Some, something like that. So that's four days of that, uh, which is coming up in August. And then we've got Focus in September. Yes. We'll be doing the show live at Focus in Orlando. The Coming Home Party. September 10th through the 12th. And you can find all the information on that at areyouinfocus.com. Uh, I think that's it. Yeah. Oh, also. Oh, I'm going to Tallahassee also in August, but I don't know what the date is. I'm going to be in Tallahassee like the 15th. Not Tallahassee. I'm sorry. Jacksonville. Oh, you're going to Tallahassee. Yeah. I'm going to Jacksonville. All right. Yeah. And, oh, uh, it's stream.theipc.org if you want to watch. Stream.theipc.org? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Good. Yeah. There Just you go. wanted to point to make sure that, that we uh, get that correct. Um, but yeah, Creative Live, August 4th and 5th. I'll be doing a two-day class on professional portraits. It's called Beyond Headshots Professional Portraiture. August 4th and 5th. August 4th and 5th. And I will, that August 4th being the last day of the IPC. I know. So when I'm doing my thing, you'll be doing your thing. At the same. Yeah. We'll be yeah. competing on the web. We, but I am hosting at my studio for some of our local photography friends. At my studio, we're getting a projector and we're we're going to be streaming on August 1st. We're going to be watching the IPC. Because yeah, then you got to catch a plane. Yeah, then i got to go catch a plane. Yeah, because i got to get there the day before, and we do the production, and then we do the blocking, and we set up all the lights, right. and we test everything. And so it's a, it's a big production. But I'm looking forward to it, man. It's uh, it's really cool. And plus, yeah. I'm really excited to get the hell out of Florida in August because it is so oh, hot. Oh, my God. It's a miserable Current weather. time and temperature is uh, hot as balls. Yeah, it's very bad. It's <laughs> humidity. It's humidity. It kills you. And we moved in it. Yeah. We moved in it. I don't know why. Every time I move, it always ends up being in July or August. Yeah. And we moved into our house three years ago in August. And you know how hard it is to get your friends to help you move in August? Yeah. <laughs> and we didn't ask anybody to help us move. If it's January, it's fine, yeah. but whatever. All right. You can find me online at BooRayPerry.com. You can find uh, Gary online at HughesFioretti.com. Uh, thank you. Uh, you can find uh, the Photobomb Podcast on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Photobomb Podcast. Yes, you indeed. can find uh, my group at uh, Facebook.com slash Pro Talk with Boo Ray. Pro Photo Talk. Thank you. Pro Photo. I don't. I don't even know the net, my own. Just go, my just own go on Facebook search for Pro, Pro Photo, Photo Talk. It's yeah. a good group. Pro we Photo have fun Talk with Boo Ray. Yeah. yeah, we do. It's not too stuffy. And by the way, those of you who are our loyal listeners, get on iTunes. Leave us a review. Please leave us a review. Yeah, those help us out, man. We do need reviews, so. people. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of you, and there's not enough reviews. Yeah. <laughs> so we need the reviews. Hey, I was reading some the other day. There are some very. Meh, kind of reviews like meh. Yeah. <laughs> I've never read a review. Meh, yeah, yeah. They're, uh, I, I, I stay away from them. I don't want. Yeah, read. most of them are like 
They're pretty good. <laughs> Help a brother out, exactly. you know. I think when you go, they're pretty good, and then when the and then when we go away, you're like, wow, oh, I wish we had a podcast to listen to. Yeah. Well, that's why. Yeah. You yeah. know exactly. That's why we do this other kind of. And if you make us successful, then other people will come along because they'll go, hey, that's easy, and then you'll have more to choose from, and then you can get rid of us. Absolutely. But first, we need to break the ground of having a huge, nationally famous and successful photo podcast. Don't we have that already? Well, yeah, I mean, there's a little bit of that. <laughs> I'm just saying, but then we'll get more of it, okay. you know? All right, that's it uh, for this week, uh, and we'll see you next week. See you later.